welcome to the podcast about people. I'm Daniel Lance. I'm Paul Gilman, and this is Podzo One. Steve Dunphy is a Green Beret, 33-year Army veteran, and now a law enforcement officer of 20-plus years. This conversation, we discuss Steve's Ashland origins, his path to the Army, and his journey through some of the most intense training the U.S. military has to offer. As a disclaimer, the stories that Steve shares about Special Forces assessment, selection, and Q course are from decades ago and should not be interpreted as an accurate representation of the current process. So here is Steve Dunphy. Steve Dunphy? Yes. Welcome to Pot Slow well, One, man. Thank you so much. Thank um, you for having me. Yeah, you and I ran into each other a few months ago. Yes, right? at uh, one of the store, one of the uh, Home Depot, I believe. Yeah, yep, yep, yeah. Sure Home Depot is one of our sponsors, so it's all good. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> I didn't know how that played out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, we haven't closed the deal yet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we get exactly nothing from it. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I hadn't seen you in in a while, God, more guess, than a minute. Yeah. Yeah, ten years or more, yeah, maybe. It, I'd say like at least that. ten years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, it's great bumping into you, and then. Yep. Because I was podcast crazy at that moment. I think mm-hmm. within two minutes of us talking, I mentioned it. Mm-hmm. And I think your eyes glazed over and you stopped listening to me. <laughs> no, no, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> but anyway, I, I was excited to have you mm-hmm. on because you have a background as a police officer and you have a background as a Green Beret. And I'm like, man, what a powerful combo. What a badass combo. Well, I don't know about all that. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're, you're a bad dude, but you're also humble, which makes oh. you even more powerful. So I'm really glad you're on tonight. Daniel's excited for this, too. I'm super excited. And we also have Steve's son, Tyler. Mr. Tyler. He's a 14-year-old football player, and he's going to ask anywhere from zero to five questions probably. Tonight, okay. I'm guessing. Is that a fair estimate? Got that. Cool. <laughs> so, Steve, you and I grew up in the uh, center of the universe together. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. When, did. when did we first run into each other? It's probably on a baseball field. It was on a baseball field, I think. Uh... I guess they called it. It was the major league then. It, yeah, the ten to twelve year old uh, at the top of the hen, at the top of the yep, hill. That's there. right. Yeah, yeah. and uh, so Paul would pitch all the time, right? So Paul's a good pitcher. Mm. You know? dude, I just I couldn't hit the side of a barn, man. He, <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm like, dude, throw me a fastball or something. But everything, it would just always. He, I would strike out all the time. Okay, yeah. I like to make things dance and. and <laughs> The, the mound was only, what, 45 feet yeah, away from the plate. Yeah. It was a lot, a lot easier to get. So you were already throwing, like, curveballs and stuff? Oh, the, yeah. Yeah, which is why my shoulder still hurts. Yeah. You know? uh, man, Paul's a humble guy. I didn't know that. Mm, well, we were also 10, 11, 12 years old. Yeah, star pitcher. Were, were you on the Braves? You know, maybe. I don't know. I was on the Dodgers. Okay, yeah, you were. And so I, rem- I may have been on the Braves then. Yes, I was, as a matter of fact. Yeah, yeah and I remember being on the Dodgers because Bubba Hart was on the Dodgers. Yes, he was. Logan Gilman. Yeah, all not- the like power player. We, we won players. every year. Yeah, right? It was ridiculous. It was. It seemed like it was unfair. Like the fix was in, kind of. Thing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How do they decide little league teams? Uh, the parents, the coaches, and some of the coaches know all the kids, and they know who's good and who's not yeah. good. And some of the coaches don't have a clue. They're just trying to be a good dad, be a, a good, good citizen dad. kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know they stacked them like that. But now I know, what, like 30-some years later, 40 Yeah, that, well, they definitely stacked them. You don't put Bubba <laughs> yeah, and, right. and Logan on the same team. It's ridiculous. There's probably the best pitcher and catcher you, our, yeah, our age. Yeah. Well, mm. uh, we yeah, we, we were stacked. It was ridiculous. And I remember uh, – <clears throat> Remember, we would play all-stars, so I would somehow make all-stars, probably because they needed somebody they, else. They had to have one kid from your team. Right, well, right. Yeah, 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 right. And, and nobody else could do it because they were going on vacation. And, stuff, right? so, and I remember your father. We were, we were playing up there on that, that field. There, right, you know? right, right. And your dad, he came over and said, hey, I, 
I don't remember it like it was yesterday. Here's a here's a drink. I know you guys are thirsty. And apparently, you know, not all the coaches brought the water coolers and stuff like that. <laughs> Dudes right there passing out. Yeah. And uh, I remember just like yesterday, he just leans over the fence, you know, and says, hey, here's here's some drinks. And uh, I know for some reason, you know, you remember these things. Yeah, he's a, he's a he's a good man. Good old Larry. He's yeah. looking out for other people. Right, right, right. Yeah. Larry's kind of a badass, too. Oh, my. Yeah. Even at the uh, tender age of 75, he's I, n- I never knew him in his badass state, but all the stories you tell me about him, it sounds like he was. And the ones that he told. Yeah, the ones that he wouldn't tell me when I was 14 years old, he was telling me when I was 51. Right. Yeah, he probably funny. didn't want you to know then. It just slipped out. <clears throat> probably not. Yeah, there's something about like tainted lettuce in a Middle Eastern country. Yeah, but we, but we never, uh, we edited that out. Oh, we did? Yeah, we did. Okay. Sorry, we, you won't take any further. All right. Anyway, <laughs> anyway we're here to talk to Steve. Uh, <laughs> it's all good. So, we but, can all talk together. But we were all, we were all on the same team because Ashley only had, a, had, had one, one team when we were 14 and 15. I think. Or we for were, what? For the All-Stars? No, it was the regular league. I don't think we had... We had to go travel to play other teams. Oh, yeah, yeah. We yeah. were on with the Pirates. Weren't you on the Pirates? I don't remember. The yellow team? Yeah. You, yeah, you, uh, were, the center, you were the center fielder. See, look at this. He's yeah. telling you me what fast. I did. I don't even know it. So, Scoop Holman was yeah, on that team. Yeah, yeah, Scoop would... Oh, bat, that was the next level Yeah, the, Yeah, the, the middle field. Yeah, 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 yeah. The middle field. And Scoop... And you were the two fastest dudes on the team. And if you got it in play, y'all are usually usually going to get on. Right. And Scoop was left-handed, or at least he thought yeah. he was. And you're supposed to have your left hand on top of your right, right hand. Right. But he crossed his hands off. He did. And, and would hit the ball. Right. He, he put it in play. <laughs> right. And, and as soon as he got as long as it wasn't caught in the air, he was going to get to first base. Absolutely. I never saw him get thrown out. Mm-mm. He's the fastest, quickest he would, I've ever he seen. He would get to first base when he hit the ball to third base. Right. No problem. Insane. You know. No problem. Man, that's really effective. So what are your fondest memories of growing up in Ashland? See, You know, I always tell my son, I said, we walked everywhere. They, or, or a bike. And if you had a bike, it was, you know, just something put together. You know, you found a tire over here and, you know. Right. <laughs> but we walked everywhere. We did everything. Uh, it was, I don't know, it was, just, it was fun being a kid then. You know, you didn't have to worry about what they have to worry about now. Uh and you knew where your friends were. You didn't, you know, you don't have, you didn't, obviously didn't have cell phones or anything like that. <clears throat> so you just walk around to where your friends are. And if you saw a bunch of bicycles sitting in the yard or something like that, you know, uh, that's what you did. Yeah, you knew you that's know, you where just, the action was. Yeah. yeah. And then you would, you know, walk around, you see some people hanging out, then you just go do that, you know. <laughs> How far would some of these walks be? I remember walking from, because at that time when, when you and I started uh, knowing each other, I, I was li- we were living out in um, in Town Square apartments. Yeah. So from town, ta- that's on Route One. So from Town Square, we would walk through Randolph Macon all the way to the baseball field. Yeah. Up uh, up there where the church is now. Mm-hmm. Um, all through that neighborhood, back out through North Ashland. Mm-hmm. Um, I know we would walk from the uh, Town Square to catch the bus. Over there behind the, um, it was the old Henry Clay Shopping Center. I don't know what's called now. <clears throat> yeah, it's called something different now. Yeah. yeah, it's in the middle of town. It, but I don't know why we did it because the bus came to the apartments, you know. I, and then <laughs> they're like, "No, nah, man, we're gonna catch the bus up here." So whole scoop and myself and a couple of Fleming guys. Uh, would D- walk, Douglas Fleming. Douglas and then Michael Winston. Yep. Uh, and then we pick up a guy named Wayne Southworth pick him up yeah because he lived off of the by the railroad tracks and then we'd all walk up there 
And uh, I can't remember what bus number it was, but we just get on a bus there and get off the bus there. It was just to be different. It, just to be different, yeah. To cross Route 1. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I remember, I was telling my son, uh, often whenever we go fishing, I said, man, I would walk from Town Square straight down Route 1 all the way to the river. Yeah. To fish. Didn't have any that, bait or nothing. You just catch like frogs and grasshoppers or whatever. <clears throat> Excuse me. That, that's a, that's a kind of a hike. That, it is a hike. Yeah. I was driving it the other day, and I'm like, damn. <laughs> you know? Yeah, basically just north of where Route 1 and 54 come together. The town square was just north of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then uh, South Anna River, it's got to be three or four miles. <coughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah. Maybe not four. At least two to three, maybe. Something yeah. like that. They're Ashen Roller Mills. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. You know Ashen Roller Mills, Tyler? Yeah. He's, yeah. He's seen it several times. Yeah. Right. You ever walk yeah. there? No. <laughs> <laughs> Different generation, I guess. And then walk back. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Because nobody was, yeah. And Daniel has heard this a few times where people our generation talk about no cell phones. We just we yeah. go out, do whatever with uh, our buddies, yeah. and then come back around uh, sundown. Sometimes it's, <clears throat> it, there's like a lot of parallels, and sometimes I, I really I really enjoy it because they, they come on and they... They're like, yeah, yeah, we didn't, our parents didn't know where we were and we just had to be home by the time the bells rang or by the time the sun came down. It was like in the summertime, your parents were, oh, your, your ass is not staying in the house. (laughs) Get out. (laughs) Right. And you know, now it's like, well, where are you going? What are you going to do? You know? Yeah. I I need to know where, well, I mean, they're apps that track these kids. Yeah. Yeah. And I I stopped using mine. My wife like, hey, put this app on your phone. I'm like, this is kind of creepy. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, I don't need to know where they are all the time. Yeah, and it was like, get out. I remember you're out, and then you come back for lunch, maybe. And then uh, if not, you find something to eat somewhere in town, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Who's got a dollar? Because you can get, like, a bunch of stuff for a dollar back then. Yeah, I know. They, would they, go get those oatmeal cream pies for, like, 89 cents we're not, a box. We're not grandparents yet, but we yeah. sound like grandparents <laughs> right now. It's, like, it's one of my favorite parts. It comes up in so many of our podcasts. <laughs> it's one of my favorite parts every time. Yeah, how much did gas cost back then? Right? <laughs> yeah. it, was, it was under 50 cents. I know and then that. the movie theater was open then, you know? Yeah. And you would go up there every Friday, Saturday. It was, it was a treat to go it to the was. movie theater. You could go in there. You'd pay to go into the 7 o'clock one each day. See who came into the 9 o'clock one or the 8.30 or whatever. Mm-hmm. And if you didn't know anybody, you left. <laughs> if you knew people, you stayed again. Yeah. yeah. What, was it, well, uh, what movies do you remember seeing there? Oh. Uh, you would have to ask me. First, I'll, I'll tell you, let you think about it while I tell you. The first one I ever saw in there, I was 10 years old. My dad took me there, and he, it was a military movie, so he's like, let's go see a military movie. Nice. It was Stripes. <laughs> and, if, nice. and if you remember, it was a rated R movie. Yeah, I'm 10 yeah, years yeah, old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a shower scene <laughs> with the, oh, man. I'm like, I'm pretty sure mom doesn't know that this is going on right now. I think there. I saw Star Wars there when I was a kid. Yeah, because um, we, we would have been, what, eight, nine yeah. years old mm-hmm. back then. Uh, there was, uh, let's see, Jew, no, something Jewel, I can't remember, Michael Douglas was in it. Oh, uh, shoot. You know what I'm talking about? The Man's of the Stone. Man's of the Stone. Saw that there a couple times. Yeah. Do you know what that is? Nope. Daniel? I haven't seen Stripes either. Do you know who Michael Douglas is? Stripes is the best movie ever made. Really? Yeah, it's a top five. high praise. I'll give it top five. Yeah. Tyler, have you ever seen it? Man. Oh, in that movie, Ryan all the right moves. Mm. Remember, yep. remember, oh yeah, with uh, Tom Cruise, Tom Cruise, and, and the, the, and the, football the, and the young lady who uh, was in Back to the Future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> she was Michael. Uh, what was the guy's name? In Back to the Future, I was going to say Fox. Mike, Michael, Michael Fox, yeah, Michael yeah, J. Yeah. Fox. Yeah, it was his mom. 
Was it oh, in the movie, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, damn. <laughs> there was another military movie that you, you we've talked about that I haven't seen. I can't remember. I think it's... Uh, man, Platoon or something? No, it's, it's not Platoon. It's, I uh, yeah. Full Metal Jacket. No, I've seen Full Metal Jacket. It was yeah. a, a different is it, one. Is it a recent? One? We'll table it. No, I think it's kind of it's it's a classic. Mm. Um, recent ones though, I don't know if y'all saw 1917 right before the pandemic hit. Mm-mm. That oh, was man. apparently a real good movie. I really it's about World War One. Yeah, it's, it is a good movie. Yeah, it follows two guys basically the entire time. It's just a one shot movie. They they stitched everything into one single camera shot. The whole the whole thing. Yeah, uh, it's crazy. It's like over two hours long, and yeah, it feels like you're with them. You know, it's a, it's I've never seen a war movie like it. Did you see Saving Private Ryan? I did, yeah. So it wasn't the, it wasn't like that. It it was good. I mean, like the actual cinematography was just right. was just like one camera shot. It was just focus on one guy, and it oh, never okay. and it never ended. Oh, it would oh, never okay. cut from like one person mm-hmm. to another person. It continuously followed those two guys. Yeah, it was yeah. like if I'm holding a camera up and I just follow you around for two hours. That's what that movie was. Saving Private Ryan is was awesome too, though. That one, like the part, the scene where the guy's getting stabbed. Really slowly, I saw it when I was a kid, and it really like messed with me when I first saw it. Oh yeah, I got pissed off too. Yeah, but just well, the, fr- the well, opening scene, like I'm like, oh my god! You were probably a Green Beret by the time you were watching it. I was like an eight year old or something. <laughs> yeah, he got pissed, and you're like, I think I'm screwed up. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, why do they do that to that guy? <laughs> Don't they have rooms for me? <laughs> <laughs> all right, so Steve, you're a senior in high school, and you're like, I, I can do all kinds of fun stuff. Well, no, I like so. <laughs> I was not, I'm not even now, I think a smart guy, right? So I never really applied myself in high school. <clears throat> that 1.8 GPA. <laughs> right. Graduated right. with a PhD, Patrick Henry Diploma. <laughs> right. Well, you know your dad's GPA from high school? Right. I just figured out what it was. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all You got to get to the house tonight. Uh, um, but to, to this day, my kids don't have a clue what my GPA was. I don't was. even know what mine was. Yeah. I just, I passed. Your son's assuming it's a one point. Yeah, yeah. if he passed, I'll, it was probably a two. Yeah, at least a two. So I knew I wasn't going to go to college. Didn't have the money. Just wasn't. Right. It wasn't for me. So by the time I, I'd signed up for the military before I graduated, and um, I think we graduated in June, and then by August the fourth, <clears throat> I had left to go to Fort Benning. And you would decide you'd go on the infantry. infantry Airborne. No, I was, uh, so I did infantry, uh, and I didn't do the airborne yet. It was, I went to uh, Fort Campbell, so it was the air assault thing, but you didn't get the air assault. It wasn't a contract thing. It wasn't like saying you could. That's just where they, they put you in the 101st. They put you in the 101st. So, because I had like station of choices, whatever it was. You know, I I didn't even score high enough on the damn ASVAB to get the college fund. I could get the GI Bill, but I couldn't get the college fund. Wow. Yeah, I was pretty bad, man. (laughs) And, uh, uh, so that's kind of where I went. Well, hold on. Let's let's back up. Yeah, you you knew you wanted to join the the army, or yeah, did you get recruited? No, no. I I knew I wanted to go in. Um, it just that's the only like option. Log- yeah, I just yeah. I knew I couldn't stay here. I wasn't going to college. You know, I just knew probably. I knew before my senior year that's what I was going to do. Why army? I don't know. I. I don't know. I just it was a, it was the thing to do. I didn't not necessarily. I didn't look at like Marines or Navy or anything like that. Hey, it's going to service. So I was like, all right, Army. That's yeah. it. You know. <clears throat> all right. So you're at Benning. How was Benning? That was a culture shock. Yeah, I can imagine. So uh, you know, you get to the reception station because you've done it. You know. Yeah, yeah. So you get to the reception station. It's it's nice and clean and pretty and you know and 
and the, the instructor, drill sergeants or whatever there, and, and they're 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 kind of mean, they're you know. Firm. They're firm, right? And then like, <laughs> nice, and uh, so they weren't crazy, but you didn't know what to expect, right? So then they they come in, and then you're there for like however many days to get in all your stuff, your shots, your medical, your clothes, and uniforms, and all that. Crap. They want to make sure you're physically and administratively right, ready to go. Ready to go, exactly. Yeah. Before that ass whipping that you're about to take. <clears throat> so. Um, we jump on one morning. We jump on these cattle cars, and describe cattle cars. So it's like a—I don't want to say it's like an eighteen-wheeler, but it's not. It's it has doors on the sides and in the back, and and uh, has like wooden seats with metal, kind of like a subway type thing, but real thinner. You right, know? and and a couple of like poles in the middle. Poles in the middle to hold onto yeah. them. Yeah. So so you would bring your whatever bag you brought into basic with you, right? So I had like a small bag. It couldn't have been. You know, gosh, a tiny bag. It just had a couple pairs of underwear and then a couple pairs of socks. And I had my pants on, my shoes, and the shirt on my and back. That's how you showed up. That's how I showed up. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I knew they were going to give you everything. Um, so then I rolled in. I had my little bag and then uh, <clears throat> the the bags of crap that they give you. The little uniforms. drawstring bag with the little strand. Yeah, no, that's in. It's all in the duffel bag. bags. Yeah, right? yeah, the big old green duffel bag. So we we pull in. And it was a place called Harmony Church. So it was the older part of the base, right? Mm-hmm. And they were building the newer part. Uh, I think I forget what it's called. Sand Hills, maybe, I think is what it was. <clears throat> and they do this lap around this big pit, and it had like a bunch of sawdust and stuff in it. I'm like, well, I wonder what that is right there. And no sooner did those trucks come in, they'd, they'd go around the pit, and they stop. And I just look out of the window and I see all these drill instructors just, just out of re- nowhere. Coiled snakes ready to go. throwing stuff at the uh, trucks, you know. You hear stuff <laughs> banging off the side This of is it. where the breaking down starts. This is where it starts. <laughs> so one dude, I, I can't remember his name, one drill sergeant, man. I, I was sitting kind of in the back and the doors weren't open yet, right? This dude comes through the window. <laughs> Get off of my, just spitting. You know, I'm like, what in the hell is this, you know? And I, right then, I think I did it and then said it later, right? You know, <laughs> so everybody's running to get off the off of these uh, these big trucks, you know, and and they're just and it, somehow one of the drill instructors got on, and he just started tossing everybody's crap out of there, you know, and then we're, you're running, you're jumping, you're falling, and everybody's running all over each other, like, you know, like what are we doing? Go stand over here, and you know you can't ever do anything right, you know, you get. You know, they're yelling. You go probably, left, that's the yeah, wrong way to go. Go yeah. over here. You run over there. The other cat, the other drill instructor, like, who told you to go over there? Yeah, it's just, it was like, then you, you know, people are crying and stuff. Right? <laughs> yeah, people like, I thought you were going to give me free right, food right, and free right. clothes. What about that sandwich that Justin? And, uh, and it was ugly, man. And, like, but hold on a second. So back then, you were, we're in our 50s. Yeah, so it was 87. Guys, cr- guys crying. There's no flash car where you need to get a timeout no. like they no, do no, now, no. right? No. Don't, don't uh-uh. they get timeouts now? I, I hear that. I don't know. I, I haven't seen it. Yeah, no, I, I, I've heard I, it too. It's like a stress car. It's like well, a green car. I know the Navy has them. I'm not sure about the Army. I'm sure. No, I think the Army has. I think the Army gets their phones on Sundays too. <laughs> we oh. can Google that. <laughs> but I think it's like a like a time slot from like I think it's like dinner time on a Sunday. Oh, I don't know. T- Tyler's not as shy as my kids. Dang. <laughs> and he knows a lot about the army. It sounds like. Right. It sounds like you w- might want to join someday. Yeah, well, yeah, you might. That football career goes down. So <laughs> I mean, got the money to pay for college. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Following dad's footsteps. <laughs> so anyway, keep going. You- uh, yeah. So it was just, uh, and it was early in the morning too, man, and hot in August in in Georgia. Oh. Oh. 
and uh, it was ugly, man. <laughs> it was so we were out there for hours, and then they say, "Okay, you have to go over to these buildings," but they didn't say it nicely, like, "Hey, you gotta go over to these buildings. Get your ass over to the buildings." Mm. So everybody's running, and then they. You run in there, and all of a sudden, like, there's this drill instructor comes out of the building. Like, where the hell did this dude come from, you know? <laughs> and he says, don't you dare walk in here take your boots off. And, like, guys are like, oh, man, I take boots off. How you take boots off? You know I mean? It was just, <laughs> it was like a day and a night of just getting smoked, push-ups. And then you had to stand in line, and you had to hold your bags, right? So you had to put your duffel bag they were on just, one. They were just yeah. mentally stressing you. Yeah, yeah, and those cats that would come in there with the with the, the suitcases uh, with all that shit, they had uh, to hold that. Uh, uh, you got lucky. <laughs> I had the little small bag. You got lucky. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> it was ugly. Yeah, this giant Gucci heavy. They yeah. packed a whole bunch of stuff. <laughs> right, 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 right. Little airplane yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Crying. Yeah, yeah crying. <laughs> the wheels rolling around on their arms. And it was, that was 13 weeks. Yeah. Yeah, so um, he did eight it, weeks of basic and then the other part of AIT, but it was that one station unit training thing they had. So you right. stayed in the same place. Right. And they do this during oh, the oh, summer? So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. they have them throughout okay. all year. You know, Well, they do. I don't know what they do now, but... I'm pretty sure it's all That's year. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh, OSUT, one station yeah, unit training. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so uh, infantry was your MOS. Um, yeah, I, I ended up taking some math test and <laughs> I don't do good at math. But I, apparently all the other knuckleheads I was with did worse than I did. So, wait a minute. You being better at math than everybody else put well, you in infantry? No. Well, no, I signed up for infantry, but it put me in as a as 11 Charlie instead oh, of 11 God. Bravo. Because you could do some basic calculations as yeah, a Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I guess. I didn't know what it was about or anything like that. <laughs> so, they said, hey, you're a... Uh, you're, you're going to be a mortarman. I'm like, no, I want to do what those guys yeah. are doing. No, you're going to do what we tell you. you know? <laughs> <laughs> Push-ups and stuff. <laughs> like, Shit, all right, I'll do it. <laughs> so then we broke off at some point in there. and Oh, yeah, I guess after the eight-week mark. Then you went to do your AIT portion, right. and advanced individual okay. training portion. And that's where we got to deal with the mortars, the different types of mortars and stuff. So, so you're, you're dropping stuff in tubes, and you just mm-hmm. got to make sure it's the right angle. For the most part, yeah. And there's some calculations in there, you know. Make and, sure it comes out fast enough. Right, right. And then so they, they do like the different types. You have the small 60 millimeter. And then back then it was the 81 millimeter. They still have that. Is, yeah. that and then they had like the 120. The four deuce or whatever they called it. Is that big one, you know. That's a one. I think it's a 120. I don't know. I don't know what it is now. Um, but yeah. it was on a, in a, on a track vehicle. Oh, that's, that's different. Yeah. yeah. Four deuce is different than 120. Yeah. So I, I don't even think they had the four deuce anymore, to be honest with you. I think it's probably think something else. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> but they still, for like a leg infantry and even a second airborne, they have 60, 81, and 120. Yeah, sure, yeah. Still yeah. in the system. And dropping a 120 is, is an attention getter. Oh, sure. Because you're like, I, I, it's kind of heavy. I don't want to drop this yeah, before yeah, I yeah. get in the I know, right, right. <laughs> so, yeah, we would do those crew drills over and over and over. And uh, I bet you got really good at it. Oh, I don't know about all that. I, I passed. You know, <laughs> again, not the smartest cat in the world. That's his quote. I passed. I passed. Right. His life's motto. Right. Right. <laughs> so you end up going uh, 101st. Yeah. So end up going to uh, Fort Campbell, 101st Airborne Division, which was just an air assault division. So it was all helicopter stuff, you know. Right. And I got there end of October, and then I went to the field, and two weeks later. First helicopter ride I've ever been in was in a Black Hawk. Yeah. And my boss or my supervisor or squad leader or whatever was like, hey, man, I need you to sit in this spot. It was the right rear seat in the Black Hawk. And that's where all that 
air comes flying in, you know, you open your mouth and the jaws are all big, you know. So he put you there on purpose. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he did. Because it, it was were, cold. You, you were man. still young. Right? Oh, yeah. I was, eight, I was 19. Yeah. You know, I turned 19 a few days after I got to basic. And uh, so I <clears throat> was a 60 millimeter mortarman there. And I didn't get, I wasn't the gunner, so I was the AG, right? Yeah. So I had the base plate. I had to carry that on your backpack with the sights and, this, and the, the AG, all that. AG's I, assisted gutter, yeah. which meant he had to carry all the crap so someone yeah, else could base, uh, have, yeah, have fun. Yeah, And it was just like, I don't even know how much that shit weighed. A know. lot. Yeah, the, it, the 60 wasn't, yeah, for me then, a, ni- a young 19-year-old. It right. Was, yeah, it would break Did my you have to carry off. the ammunition as well? When you had, uh, no, because like when you just did, went to the field just to do training and you didn't do a live fire exercise, what they would do is give you um, mortar cases or mortar containers, right? And they put sand in them to, yeah. to simulate the weight the of, mm. of what a mortar would be. The powder, you know? yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, <clears throat> so there was that. Um, and then I was in the helicopter that, that <laughs> you know. Yeah. And uh, I remember they flew with the doors open. And it was like November in Fort Campbell in Kentucky. And it was cold. Oh, my God. I think I was just shaking. And we had this company commander who had just finished ranger school. right? Mm. So he was hard as you sure. know, woodpecker lips, right? Right, right? And he didn't, like, no, you can't wear snivel gear. You got to wear because we're going to be walking a lot. And you're going to overheat, you know, the ranger sure. you know, back then. And, uh, and that's where I learned to take your field jacket liner and put it under your, mm-hmm. your blouse, your, your top, you know. And that's the only thing we could wear. And it was just cold as shit. It was just terrible. How long man. was the ride? I don't know, eight or nine minutes maybe. It was long enough for me to well, freeze. Yeah, long enough for you to feel like you're about to get hypothermia. Or yeah, you're growing up pretty high too. No, so, and I was just telling Tyler this today. So when you go off base, it's like I, at the time I want to, I want to remember. Someone said you had to be at least five hundred feet. Yeah, that sounds right. Up, above, right? And mm. so you could tell once they they get onto post, they fly off a post to get to a certain training area. <clears throat> and then they would, uh, once they get on post, and they dip down and fly a nap of the earth. Yep. And that was fun, mm. but just kind of scary, too, because I'd never been in a damn helicopter, you know? Oh, so you did nap of the earth the first time you'd ever been yeah, in a helicopter? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Nice. And at, at nighttime, you know, then they land in this field, and my, my squad is like, get up. And you're carrying all this heavy yeah, shit. Yeah, all that shit. Like, <laughs> I just kicked my, my rucksack with the base plate and all that out, you know? Yeah. And it just, like, it lands Top down, like it, the the weight so much on the top, <laughs> it, it just rolls like yeah. that. And I'm trying to grab it and pull it, and everybody's just saying, "Just lay down so the helicopter can take off." You know, because you you get out, then you take a knee, or you lay down right. in the prone. Or Is it because you'll get like blown over if you stand up? Uh, you well, you got the rotor watch, or you got the, the the rotors there, and you you can walk up to it. You can, but you kind of, I mean, shit, you gotta, just get down. Yeah, just yeah, it's oh. kind of the way you get down, you get out, and then you take a knee or whatever, and get in the prone. It's just kind of the way they do Pl- it. Well, plus uh, you should train like you're surrounded by the enemy, and they yeah. might light you up any minute, so you don't want to be standing mm. there. You at least want to be down on a knee. I see, I see. Yeah. yeah, it's less of a target, I guess. Okay, something like that. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> so there with that, and then uh, so I stayed there, had a good time. Uh, and then that was 87. So 1990. I would see, like, so, so, so one of the SF units was, fifth group was coming to Fort Campbell. They were at Fort Bragg, right? So they were starting to come to Fort Campbell. And I'd see these Green Beret guys. And I'm like, oh, that's, that's the Were Green they coming Beret. to train or recruit no, or both? No, they were moving wow. th- there because that's where they are now. They've been there for years. Yeah. And uh, I'm like, oh, that's the 
special forces guys because you'd always see the pictures of them in the in the px right sure. you got like the little folder or like you know you cards or whatever you got these little guys holding yeah little holding the snakes and stuff like yeah, that and john wayne was the original yeah, right movie hollywood greenberg yep. yeah and uh i remember seeing that and then i see these guys walking around right and i'm like oh damn that's like for real mm-hmm. you know bad dudes i like, there's no way in hell i could ever do that so i'm like i just didn't think about it you know and then it, then there was a point in time where i was just i wanted to do more right so <clears throat> i put in for the ranger battalion and uh, which and, which one? Uh, I don't I don't was, think it made was it a the difference. regiment. Yeah, I don't yeah. think it made a difference. You like put your name in the hat and you filled out this paperwork or whatever forty one eighty seven. So they could they could have put you in any. They of the could guides. put you in any way. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think several months later, after for some reason it didn't go up this time, it didn't go up that time. It finally went to where it needed to go, and then they said, "Hey, look, we don't we don't need any eleven Charlies," because they were getting cats out of the basic training anyway. Why do they want somebody from? You know, right. by this time I was an E four. And, uh, they like them young. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I went to pre-ranger through at Fort Campbell and finished that um, with the intention to go to ranger school at some point. Then I'm like, ah, all right. And so after my feet healed from the cold Ooh. and the, and the yeah. ruck marches and all that stuff, then I, I'm like, well, you know, I can't make it here. I was told I can't go to ranger battalion. Let's just try the SF thing. So I, somehow I convinced myself that this was going to be a good thing, right? And were, so, were you were you uh, hard as woodpecker lips? At the I don't point? man, I, I don't think so. I mean, I saw people. I mean, I was in good shape. I, we we had a first sergeant that finally came over, and he was big into running and, and PT, and and we would just get it on all the time, you know. And uh, so my running was good. So then I, I I said, well, let me try this special forces thing, see what it's about. Um, so. There weren't a whole lot. There were some folks that were supportive, you know. Uh, but my uh, one of my bosses, because they had changed out. I'd been there for a few years, so I had a new boss. He's like, uh, so you're going to go to selection, right? That's what's called selection. And I said, well, I put my paperwork in. Um, and I was selected to go. So they said, well, you're not going to train. you got to work all day. And if you want to train, you're going to train at night, right? So I would work all day, get up, do PT, you know, in the morning and stuff, and then do whatever job they had for you to do, go to the field if that's what you're doing, ranges or whatever, you know, stuff around the garrison. So then every night I put on a rucksack. And luckily I was used to carrying the base plate. Mm. So the rucks at the time had to be a minimum 45 pounds without food and water. Right. So I would just carry 50 pounds, right? Whatever. I'd find rocks and, you know, stuff in the just to pack it for 50 pounds. And I'd walk for hours. Uh, I'd start just a couple miles. And, you know, on base, you have all those different, like, routes. Yeah, trails, and then you walk on the road uh, out by the ranges and stuff like that. So I would would do that for, I don't don't know how long, a couple months maybe. Um, How much sleep were you getting? Well, I I would, I guess, while I was training for it, Mm. I, I don't know, I'd probably, I'd get off work about, 4.35, 4.35, and I walk for a few hours, and I come back just before dark, you know? Oh, okay. And then, uh, you know, go shower or whatever, go to, the, and sometimes I make it to the chow hall, sometimes I wouldn't. Mm. Uh, but if I if I walked and came back late, the chow hall was closed, so sometimes my, my roommate would get me something, sometimes I'd just walk up 
to the PX there and buy, you know, a couple hot dogs or right. some two hot yeah. dogs for a dollar or something like that, right? What, what everybody needs getting ready to uh, go through selection. Exactly. Yeah. And I wasn't big into nutrition then, man. I didn't know what, I just knew that I needed to eat. That's it. Yeah. Because I, I went into the Army at 150, 150 out mm. of high school. And in just in eight weeks, I gained 15 pounds. So that I came back home at 165. And then I started gaining weight. Uh, while I was in the service too, because I was I was finally eating three meals a day. Like I would right, eat right, three right. meals a day when I was in high school. Yeah, and uh, <clears throat> so then selection came, right? And I went to Fort Bragg, and and it was like it was it was it must have been four hundred people. Yeah, you know? starts around four. Yeah, it's yeah. around like that. And I didn't. I mean, I look at people and I always get intimidated. Because I'm like, oh, that guy looks like he knows what he's doing. Oh, this guy's got a ranger tag mm-hmm. over here, right? Well, you see him before, because then when you get out to Camp McCall, all the patches are gone. All the racks gone. gone. Every, it's all gone. You give it a number, and you have to sew it on yourself. So all, they gave all, it, all four directions, right? They, they can see you sides of the Yeah, legs. you had to have it on your cargo on, pants. On your chest and, then, and on your ruck. That's how. No, I think we just had it on our, our sh- Car, I don't remember, man. It's been a long time. That was 1990. But there was like a pretty strong variety of different uh, people. Yeah, yeah. So you had cats from all over the place. You had your infantry guys, engineer guys. There were some cooks. Really? You know? Yeah, one dude was a friend of mine. He was a cook for, I can't remember where he was, but he made it. So he, he passed. Wow. Nice. And uh, so then when you get there. They had some uh, guys outside the Army come too, like Marine Force Recon guys. I, when I went through, I don't. I mean, I didn't see any. Okay. Uh, I know they do now. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, and I'm like, of course, I'm getting intimidated. Oh, this dude's gonna gonna make it. I'm not gonna make it. Mm-hmm. Right. So then, when you get, they do your inspection. They pack up everything because you're packing lists and all that crap. Then you get on the damn trucks. It wasn't the cattle cars this time. It was like, like a legitimate get in the back of this damn truck over here, you know. And off you went to Camp McCall, and that was probably about a half hour or so ride or yeah. whatever. And then they uh, they get you there at night, and then they pull in, and they have these metal buildings that you sleep in. Kwanzaa dots. Yeah. Yeah. So they dump you, see, dump your shit. And it, it was like the coolest, I don't say the coolest, but it was like the most laid back place, because they didn't yell at you. They didn't do anything, the instructor. It was completely opposite from what I came from. And they said, hey, man, uh, all right. I call off your name, you got to go into this. Oh, no, roster number. I call off your roster number, because you were just what, a roster what, number. What was your roster number? I don't remember. I don't even remember, man. Really? Yeah. All right. Two something, maybe. Shit, I don't know. No, nah, Dunphy, they went alphabetically, didn't they? You got me. You may know more than I do, no, you, man. I don't you, remember you're anything. You're probably double digits. Yeah. <laughs> you're probably like 45. <laughs> I have no idea. But, uh, and then we go in there, and uh, and they have these bunk beds, right? There's no mattresses on that shit. <laughs> there's like springs, you know. <laughs> they're not yelling at you, but they're sending no, a message. they're like, hey, dude, this is where y'all are sleeping. Don't worry about cleaning it. You didn't have to worry about cleaning it. You could sweep it out, you know. If, but it didn't have to worry about, like, mopping the floors or any of that crap, you know. Twelve times a day that you have to do in a conventional unit. Right, right. And, and we got in there, and I'm looking. I actually bunked with this captain. It turned out to be a really nice guy. Uh... And we're just kind of looking. I was on the top bunk. And I'm like, how the fuck am I getting up? There's no mattress, you know? So we had to take those, those pads, you know, those uh, mat- not, what are they called? Pads. The, the little, little sleeping, little, little foam pads. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Little foam pads. And then uh, you just laid that on the, on the springs and you laid on that. And then uh, and that was late at night. I don't know what time that was. Four o'clock in the morning. Boom. 
get up. So from 4 o'clock in the morning all the way to midnight, you did selection stuff, right? You, like the first few weeks, the first week or first few days, you had the telephone pole PT stuff, you mm-hmm. know, where they'd smoke you in the pits and all that. And then then you had a series of three runs, I don't know, two and a half, three and a half, four and a half miles or whatever, you know. Then you would get smoked. They, they, they wouldn't tell you how no. far that you were running. No, Just no not at all. Running. Yeah, they'd say, all right, hey, come over here. So we go over to where they say go to, right? And it could be damn near half a mile away, right? And they're like, okay, I'm going to read off something. So they have this thing, right? They read off. All right, you're going to run on this designated route until you stop. Like, what? okay, how far are we going? You know, because dudes like to gauge themselves sure. and pace it, right? Right. They're like, so they ask him, how far is it? And he goes, you're going to run on the designated route. <laughs> you know, so, but then there's that dumbass is like, how far are we going again? And then the guy <laughs> reads it again. So then they say, go. And he said, well, how long until we have to do it? Time. No, just go. And there'd mm-hmm. be a handful of dudes that would just, just take off. go balls to the wall. Right, right. Take off. Go. Boom. They're just, like, well, I can't get left behind. I right, guess I got to right. run fast. Too. Yeah, and like you, all you see is the bottom of their shoes. Right. Just gone, you know. Nice. And, uh, and I'm just like. All right, run it. So I tried keeping up, and then that shit failed real quick. So I just kept a pace. And as long as I wasn't the last dude, mm. I was good. <laughs> and uh, so then that, that ended. And then, like, the next day, you did. they smoked you again. You did different stuff. And then you get on this trail, and they take you to some other place. All right, you're going to run this thing? You can, know, can, you, can you describe smoking real quick? <laughs> <laughs> so smoking is Anything. So that's like push-ups and sit up and just holding your arms out and just doing all kinds of exercise that would just completely fatigue your muscles. Muscle failure. Muscle oh. failure, both legs, calves, upper body, lower body. You, you can't you can't do the thing anymore you, that yeah. you started doing because you got the muscle failure. Your fingertips and knuckles are swollen. Yeah, it's just insane. <laughs> okay. Uh, brutal. And it just, it's just brutal. And I, I thought to myself, there's no way in hell I'm <laughs> it's just breaking me off, you know. But, uh, and to take it back just a little bit, like, so I went, I knew, so I got selected to go to their, to the selection, right? It was special, SFA, Special Forces Assessment Selection. But I also knew that I was going to come down on levy to go to Korea. Mm. So the only way I was going to avoid going to Korea was to make it through SF, right? But I wanted to do the SF thing. Um, but if I didn't make it, then I was going to Korea. So who, you know, whatever. You go to Korea, you go to Korea, right? <clears throat> so... I remember, and then, then, so then you get into the land nav portion, right? So then they take you in there and they teach you these classes, the land nav. And when they got out there to do this land nav or land navigation, you know, go from point A to point B, mm. right? With a map, a protractor. Map, a, protractor, a compass. compass, the whole thing, yeah, right? Nice. But like back then, the, the whole thing, it was called military orienteering, right? right? So we just want you to, to know that you can plot a point on a map, create a route, and follow that route to your point, right? Mm. In a designated distance and a designated time. Yeah, that I, they didn't tell you. I got the orienteering merit badge when I was a Boy Scout. Oh, did you? All right. yeah. This is very different. <laughs> In a court. Now, you, you, now, the whole time you do anything other than run, like those designated runs, you know, uh-huh. you have a backpack and you have a weapon. And the backpack's 45 pounds without food and water. So you're carrying 50-some pounds because you figure... Maybe more. A gallon is eight pounds or something like that. You're probably right? carrying more than you, that, you, Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, so everywhere you went, you were carrying that stuff, right? Mm. Were you running everywhere? 
except when you were back at the, the yeah house. yeah you could like so you would do that shuffle you know with a rucksack mm-hmm. on and everything so when we get the points they're like hey you're going to start at this point i need truck going to drop you off here truck could drop these people off at certain places and uh they said hey man go in the woods and get fire get wood because we're going to hit these bonfires out here right and i'm like damn bonfires now we'd be able to see the points right you know then they say hey look we don't want you to go through the woods what do you mean you can't go through the woods? No, man, don't go through the woods. We want you to follow the road. Who said that? That's the instructor. That's, so that was the, the orienteering, right? So it was only designed to put miles on your feet. That's ah, it. Got it. So we would, so for five or six days, you do a daytime and then you do a nighttime. And the daytime and nighttime were about the same. And then the next day it got longer. And then the next day it got longer. Mm. And then finally at the end, uh, it was however long it was. They wouldn't tell you. And they wouldn't tell you like... You get to a point, and then you say, okay, yep, all right, here's your next spot, go. And you wouldn't know, like, you wouldn't get a bunch of points and be able to plot them out and say, okay, I'll go to this one first because it just makes the route. Mm. No. You, you like, it was one at a time. Yeah, it was one at a time. Yeah. You didn't know where you were going. You could, you could roll up to this one, your first one, and the guy says, all right, you know, your next one is past your start point. So you had to walk all the way back past the start point. And just keep getting it. How for far? How, how far were the points? Uh, they they grew each, each day. You know, it was several kilometers. By the end of it, it was several kilometers between points. So yeah. was it was it more about teaching you you guys how to be an orienteerer, or was it more about grinding you down? It was both. I, I, I think it was more that they wanted to know that you could plot your points, make it to your point in a designated time, and grind you down. I, I they th- want to see if you could hack it. Yeah, and, and that's you had, it. And you had yeah. like half a brain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and you're carrying your weapon, you're carrying your backpack, you got all this, I mean, you got 70, 60-something, 70-something pounds of crap 70, with the 70. weapon and all that stuff, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and you could wear, you know, whatever boots you wanted back then. I think I had a pair of jungle boots back then, you know. And uh, so that was like the first week and a half or so. How bad were your feet a week and a uh, half? They, they were swollen, they were red. I would get blisters, a lot of hot spots and blisters. So I used a lot of... Uh, um, uh, moleskin, mm-hmm. right? So that's where I really learned how to take care of your feet, powder and all that. When you had the uh, blisters popping, they were pussing, you know, so you take the moleskin, you fold it, you cut a hole out of it, and then you just create that gap or that distance. Yep. But when it was in between your toes, it wasn't a whole hell of a lot you could do with that. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. um, so, so how many people uh, dropped, like, after that first week and a half? Oh, man, I... I so, what do you say? It was like 400-ish, around 400 or so. And guys were dropping daily uh, for whatever reason. So, like, you don't know what goes through another person's mind. You know, like this guy, I could look at you guys and say, damn, y'all going to beat me off smarter than I am. You know, you're, gonna, you're in better shape or whatever. And next thing you know, that dude's falling out or he just comes back and he doesn't. He quits. Yeah, right? there are three ways but, to leave selection, right? You, you get gated the first gate where mm-hmm. they, they say, hey, this bunch of people, y'all, y'all can't, can't stay. Some of y'all can come back. Some of you can't. There's a second gate at the very end. And then the third way you leave is you just quit. Right, right. Mm. And uh, so then we got into team week. Which is uh, the, like the last week. Which is like the last week, you yeah. know. And that was just like another beast, too. You, you got all these A-type-ish personalities together, right? And, they, and you had a team of 12. And they would, because that's what SF teams are, right? It's, right. it's twelve men, you know, yeah. or twelve people. I think there's a woman now, and uh, there are women in the Green Berets. Yeah, there's one in twentieth uh, group. Yeah, wow. in Florida. That's amazing. Um, so, 
you you get to a point, and of course you're walking everywhere, right? You got to walk a mile or so up the road, and then you find this jeep, and the jeep doesn't have wheels on. <laughs> then you got four wheels over here and some poles over there and whatever. So the instructor says, "Hey, uh, all right, look, man, your task is to get this jeep ten kilometers through this designated route, and it's always like the sandy ass." <laughs> you know, yeah. muddy, muddy roads. But that's what you're doing for the day. Yeah, that's what. Well, you've got two events. So the first part is uh, they pop two on you every. They day. They pop two on you every day. So mm-hmm. you had a morning one, and they say you've got four hours to do this. So you've got four hours to go 10k through the sand. Oh, by the way, you got to put the tires on it and figure out a way to move it, right? And you can't get on the inside because it's contaminated. Oh, right. So you got your backpack, you got your weapon, you got all that crap. And then they figure, you guys just figure out a way to leverage. And it's how, how you work with people and how you can, you know, it basically is you working figure, You figure out who the assholes are real right, quick. Right, real quick, yeah. Yep. And uh, then they figure out a way to put the tires on them. And then they lash the poles on it, however it were. Some people just, like, carry the poles and push the truck. Some dudes, like, well, luckily we had some smart dudes, they, they would lash the poles onto the Jeep. And four dudes would push the Jeep while the rest, the other eight, would Carry. just walk behind. Yeah. Right? So then you get, rotate then out. Then you rotate it out. Right. So, you know, you had that. You get to your point and you're like, all right, you had, you're lucky you had 27 minutes or whatever left, you know. Then you get something to eat, eat MRE, just sit there in the bushes and eat. And then they're like, all right, come on, let's go. Now I want you to walk to this, per, this spot, which is probably another mile away. You get there and then they've got all these water containers, oh. water jugs, and they're saying, hey, man, you got to go from point A to point B, and you have to carry these... 18 jugs, 12 guys, something like that. Yeah, something like, yeah, okay. it's just, it's, it's insane. So guys were like... These are five-gallon jugs. These are five-gallon jugs. These are Ooh, not light. Okay. Yeah, no, yeah, I was yeah, picturing these, the, the one-gallon No, 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 Kroger. these were those big five-gallon, and they're full. Yeah. So some dudes are trying to carry one... You know, and, and it was just easier. They came up with a system. It was just easier to create a line with two, right? And, and then you, let's just say it had 16 jugs, right? Or whatever. I don't know, whatever. It's eight or whatever. You get, like, the first four dudes would pick up two, and we walk, you know, for, I don't know, an, a minute. And then they set it down, and then the guys would rotate in. So if you're in the back, you do it four times. And then you can rotate back out. Right. And that's that's right, how right. they did that. And it worked out real well. Uh, then there were some other had the Sandman. Remember the Sandman? Oh, you didn't make this. Well, so I did it at SFIP. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went down to McCall. Right. So that was we just, did do Sandman's. Oh, my. Tell, tell them about Sandman. All right, so Sandman. So that was the fir- luckily, that was the first, one of the first ones we did. So you get to this, like, hey, man, you're going to walk down this road <laughs> again. Yeah. And then you're going to find this big-ass duffel bag, I think. Is what it was, and it was full of sand, and it, like it, it was as heavy as shit. Uh huh. And yeah, it probably it, had that, arms and legs on it too, it, or something. Yeah, it I, was just it weighed about two fifty. Yeah, at least. Yeah. So then they say, and then you've got this. I think it was a litter, mm-hmm. is what they put out there. And then they, he had this litter right here, this big ass duffel bag, I think, or whatever. And then you had all these poles and lashings and all that stuff. Mm. All right, you're gonna create a litter, and then you're gonna carry this two hundred fifty pound sand man or whatever. 10K oh. through this route, right? So then, like, guys would just create this litter, and then, again, you had the four poles, the two poles and the four or whatever, and you would get under it, 
right? So you have four dudes under this thing. So mm-hmm. you not only are you carrying the 250 Sandman thing or whatever, you had the weight of the poles because the poles weren't easy. Yeah, have, right. And, uh, and what if, were you, did you have a pack as well? Yeah, you had to carry, yeah, all the team events, you have to have your backpack so that you're still carrying 70 pounds That's of crazy. Shit. Right, plus all this other stuff. So, like, when you were pushing the Jeep, you still had to carry your backpack. When you're carrying all the other stuff, you just carry it. Oh. Because you were walking. Because you're walking, right? Your weapon and everything. A- every, everything. Man. Yeah, dudes were like, it was, yeah, it was just ugly, man. And uh, so you did it. And then. Uh, I knew this guy doing uh, Sandman. Uh, he's, it's the last day. It was the last mm-hmm. day there was Sandman, or second to last day, maybe. And one of those poles slipped, and he was one of the shore guys. Hit him in the head, knocked him out cold, didn't make it to the end. Oh, oh my god, that's so a bad, that's so a bad way to leave. That, yeah, yeah. He yeah. was injured. So I guess yeah. that's that's so, another way is like injured. Yeah, yeah. If you're injured, yeah. you got to go. Yeah. Um, so then we, uh, so you did that for four or five days, maybe. So and you would normally get back around seven ish, right? Just to give a number, I, I don't. I mean, it would vary depending on how fast you would do what you had to do. And then uh, you ate an MRE. So you ate MREs every day, right? Which means and, you went to the bathroom once every three right, days. Right, right. Yeah. So, and, and you, they, they had no problem. They fed you. You wanted to eat, they give you three meals a day. Here's your three, here's your 12 MREs. You it's were probably putting 4,500 calories in your body when you would normally, like, not right. doing that But stuff you're probably you burning 12,000. Yeah, <laughs> a lot more than that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and, and, uh, and I remember, um, and then they would make you every night before you go to bed, just get information out there, right? And just chug a, a, a quart of water, right? So you knew, right, right then, like a dude. So, so you get back around seven, you eat, and then uh, you have to go to this classroom. And of course, throughout the duration of it, the classes were getting smaller and smaller because dudes were quitting, right? Or getting injured or something. Mm-hmm. And uh, then they'd have you doing these... <laughs> It's just designed to keep you awake. Math, psychological problems, math problems. They had history classes and stuff like that. You just have to read this stuff and just fill out this. Uh, they were messing with you. Yeah, they were messing. Oh. Yeah, they're just trying designed to keep you awake. So you slept literally, and they would probably kick you back at eleven fifty-five to the Quonset huts. Right, dudes would just stagger back to the Quonset hut, get information, drink your gallon of, or your like quart of water or whatever canteen of water, and uh, then they want to go lay down. Right. So then you, like, some of the instructors would come through there, like, at 11.58, and then you see a dude on, on his back with his fucking eyes closed. He's, he's, like, standing up with his eyes closed. We didn't tell you to go to sleep. What's your roster number? Dude's like, oh, my God, you know? <laughs> and if you left your weapon somewhere, you know, oh. like, I, you'd always tie it to you and just, you just by this time, you're a zombie. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, you're walking around, and then, like, because you drank that water... <laughs> At two o'clock in the morning, like where you want to be sleeping, you're like, oh shit, now I gotta go to the bathroom. Oh, man. So you get up and you have to walk however far that big latrine thing yeah. was, and, and you then you walk back and you look at your watch and like, shit, I only got an hour and forty five minutes to sleep. But at that point, it didn't matter, you know, because I had graduated. So many people left. I came from the top bunk back to the bottom bunk. <laughs> you literally just laid on a springs and you just fell asleep. Like guys would come in, take care of their feet, and pass out. Yep. And that's it. And Sounds then wake right. up. Then they come in and say, all right, I need a roster number, you know, 400 or whatever. You're the team leader for now, and this is your assignment. And he'd take you outside, tell you what you need to do. Then you had to go back and get your team. And they say, okay, at this time, I need you at this place. And then we're going to start walking, and we're going to do this team event. So once all that's done, uh, you had one last event, which was a road march. Like you had, like 
your ass hadn't been walking hundreds like of miles. Like you hadn't been yeah. doing that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, dude, like, it, yeah, it was ugly. I don't know how far it was. 24, maybe 20, 24, Sounds I, whatever. Right. Mid 20. So, they yeah. give you like eight hours, maybe something like that to do it. Well, they, they just said, hey, man, they put you in the truck and they say to drop you off and you can't use white light or nothing. It's all. Oh, it was at night. Yeah, it's all at night, yeah. And they said, uh, all right, man, you're going to walk down this designated route <laughs> until you stop. And it, I think it. It's basically a marathon. Yeah. So it was like probably around midnight you started out or two in the morning maybe. And you're just walking, man. You don't know how far you're going. But it was probably 20-something miles, you know. And I remember, I, was I telling you this? Oh, uh, coming up the hill? Yeah, yeah, I was coming up a hill, right, me and this other guy. And, and by this time, I'd already, I'd been taking Motrin. That's 800 milligram Motrin. Mm. Like it was like Tic Tacs, you know. <laughs> give me this, give me and. And I remember getting to a point, probably three hours in, and I'm just, I plopped on the side of the road. I'm like, I've got to sleep for like five minutes. But I couldn't. Like, I, I knew I wanted to, but I couldn't. So I get back up, and anyway, off you go, and the sun starts coming up. And I come up this hill, and it's a gradual slope, but you can't see on the other side. Right. Right. And I just, I dropped my ruck on the side. My feet are killing me, you know. Like, every step I took, I felt like it was broken. And... uh so one dude's over there, and there's a couple of us just rucksack flopping right on the side of the road, you know. And, uh, and I knew we were getting towards the time limit. I think they did say you had like eight hours, so if it was two, you know, whatever. And uh, the guy says, the truck's up here. <laughs> so like some of us are starting to take our boots off to let our feet like breathe, you know, and just like swell, basically. Right. Yeah. Uh, because at some point you're just like, I know they're swollen. They're probably broken. You know, my ankles are torn up. You just lace them up tight so that they don't swell. And it's just, you just get it on, you know? Mm. So we finally get there. And I think the truck started on. Started, we cut the truck on. And I got there. And I threw my ruck on it. And the truck took off. And there's like these three dudes just running up to the truck. And I'm like, oh, Aww, man. And they were just trying to throw their shit on the truck. Aww. And I think two of them got on there. And then one of them got left. Oh. Yeah. And he didn't make it? I don't know if he made it or not, to be honest with you. So that's, we, that's rough. So then the trucks take us back, all the way back to Fort Bragg, right? Because you have everything in your backpack. You don't have anything back in the right. Quonset hut. And uh, I remember they said, all right, you know, here's your poncho liner. Go to sleep. And they, you know, those old barracks out, those old World War II oh, barracks yeah. out there. So dudes just passed out, and they had mattresses in there. When this went. Man, so, that must have been nice. Yeah, so shitty guys, mattresses, but yeah. felt great. So, so I think that night some dudes went out because you could get a taxi or whatever, and uh, but like you could tell dudes had been selected because the guys are just walking around, you know, just all <laughs> numb foot, you know, and uh, and I remember that uh, it was like the next day, um, they called everybody into that big classroom on the hill there, mm -hmm. and uh, they said, all right. You know, congratulations uh, for completing the selection, right? You you guys completed the selection. So the following roster numbers uh, go outside. So then they started calling off, you know, roster 1, 14, 22, 97, 120, whatever. And they all went outside. Then it got quiet. And everybody's like, oh, God, yeah. And you knew those are the dudes that didn't make it, right? And then they come back in. They're like, all right, roster number 17, 42, you know. And then they're like, oh, shit. So that's the second wave. You know, guys are like, oh, fuck. And uh, then they go back out. And then they come back in. And then, like, the commander comes in. He goes, <laughs> Dude, it's like they're all fucking with oh, you. Oh, know? three or oh, five. Uh, 
that was a four, I saw it. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's coming yeah. commanders, of yeah. course. You're right. And uh, he says, uh, all right, Ross number 27. <laughs> you know, you know. So then he just called one and he left and he said, congratulations, the rest of you guys have been selected. So, everybody, so that like that is the only time. Can you imagine being the last dude, dude. that Major called out? Oh. Yeah. And, like, and you've it, got buddies in there that made it. Yeah. You're the last guy called yeah. out. Like the dude beside me. That was like, a special mind screw right there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh. Like it's like they took that shit to the whole next level, man. Like all the way up to the end. And uh, <laughs> that's some, you messed, that's you some up on week one to let you stay till the end. Yeah, yeah, as long as you didn't quit, it was like, hey man, don't quit. Yeah, like I knew that I wasn't gonna, I couldn't quit. There's no quit. There was not like I'm leaving here. I can't do it. Right. I, I'm gonna. You're gonna have to drag my ass out of here. Right. And I think I had a stress fracture on my left foot by the time when I finished it, and because I, I couldn't wear boots for probably three or four days after mm-hmm. that when I got back to Fort Campbell. But when I got back to Fort Campbell, they had just come back from Panama. Mm-hmm. They had like their train, their jungle training or right, something. Right. Right. And then like people came out of the woodworks. They're like, "Oh, you passed. Oh, well, what was it like? Because you know now people want to go. Right, you know, right, some right. dumbass E four can pass it. <laughs> you know, I'm a, I'm a lieutenant or I'm an E six. I can pass. I'm Ranger pilot. I can pass. Mm. And uh, so yeah, I went through the whole like. Then you had the Q course and all that. So. Right. And that was so that wasn't Q school. No, that wasn't a Q course. That, that was that was that, just that was, three was, weeks of selection. That was to be selected to get to Q school. Yeah. Oh, okay. Jeez, because I've heard about I've heard about Q school. Is Q school easier than uh, selection? Uh, not really. Well, so selection was three weeks, and it was brutal, like physically and mentally. You know, three weeks solid, just brutal just three weeks, just ball buster, right? Mm. The Q course, and so they they chose. I had to, of course, you take tests and stuff like that. So I, so I was a communicator. An 18 Echo. Yep. So they said, okay, you're going to learn Morse code. I'm like, what's that? Morse code? This is in 90? Uh, no. Yeah. yeah. They, they were still teaching Morse code Oh, uh, they taught that up until so a few years after I finished it. Okay. Yeah. All right. So uh, we, I, I PCS down to Fort Bragg, right? And go back to those same buildings mm-hmm. that we did selection in, right? And that's where you live, those shitty-ass World War II buildings. Um. Then they would, uh, they said, okay, hey, your congratulations, you're going to do Morse code. So then you learn. Did you choose that code? Or the, the, no, they no, tell they you. tell you what they you're going to you. do. Yeah, 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 you can't, yeah. I, I guess I took a test and they said, you're good enough to do communications, whatever that is. So, so that's all the radios. So 18 Alpha is the officer. Officer. Bravo's weapons. Weapons. Charlie's uh, engineer. Demo. Yeah, and mm-hmm. Delta's the medics, which mm-hmm. that's, I've heard that's the uh, that's a tough hard route. Yeah, 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 it's. And then Echo is uh, you're basically you have to communicate, communicate in every yeah. way possible. That they, Whether you're doing yeah. FM, AM, well, but then for me it was AM, AM, FM, VHF, uh, HF, because that was a big ball buster. You had to cut the antennas to whatever length and different types of antennas to get the takeoff angles of all the mm. you, you, signals. You, you, and pass, all you the pass me, man. Wave propagation, antenna theory, that whole. Man, you, you I really thought you couldn't do math, down, man. <laughs> Well, they let us have calculators, <laughs> but you had to be smart enough to put the right numbers right. in it, right? And, uh, and then they had uh, SATCOM stuff. You had to learn SATCOM mm. stuff. So we did Morse code. So Morse code was, I don't know, um, t- two months maybe, a month, two months, something like that. And you're just sitting there in this classroom eight hours a day, you know, just tapping away on a, on a leg key, trying to learn dits and dahs. And then you, once you got a rhythm because it's all about rhythm you know 
a lot of people would they dropped out. We started with fifty eight, you know, uh, and then people would drop out, and then they either get recycled once in the eighteen echo program, and then if they couldn't make it the second time through the Morse code piece, they went to like another MOS, and if they couldn't do that, they were out. Right. Um. So I. Th- so we started with 58, and, and then slowly guys were leaving. Uh, and, I, and once you get the rhythm, you got it. So I, I did real well with getting uh, to the speed that I needed to be at, right? So, so, that was, so then I passed that course. And, you're all, and it's, it's kind of hard to explain how they did it. You're just you're, you're, you're leg keying. You're looking at something. You're looking at like an alphabet like that right there. And you're typing... Or you're tapping out what each character is for each letter, or each sound is for each letter, mm-hmm. right? Into a recorder, and then you play that back and have to write it back down, right? Without seeing that, right? So if you if you're like a shit fist is what they called them, <laughs> or a code rock, and you're you're ta- like in the very beginning, you're well, you're all shit fist. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like yeah, so, yeah. you're you're like, oh yeah, I got this, you know, because it sounds good as you're looking at it, and you're, you're, like, you're, beep, and you're beep, going. Beep, and when you play that back to write it down, you're like, who the hell? What are, you, are you messing with me in here or something? You know? and, and it's long enough that you can't remember. Yeah, yeah, what it yeah. Is. So, but I mean, you're doing this eight hours a day, five days a week, you know? And then and at the end of the day, you're like, you just you take your headphones off and you just saunter back to the room or to the, to the barracks there. And, and you just kind of like, everybody's laying on their bed. And then you have that jackass, like later on in the, <laughs> in the course, he's upstairs. Cause he can't get it and he wants to pass the test, you know, right. the final. You hear some shit go, some dude upstairs, like, dude, 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 because he's trying to practice, <laughs> right? But you hear it because he made an oscillator that the audible sound because he didn't have headphones on, so he's just trying to tap away. Like their dudes, like, man, I'm gonna come up there. Don't make me come up there. Shit fist, don't make <laughs> me break you your ass. Swear to God, you're gonna throw that shit out the window. <laughs> and uh, so then we we finish that, uh, and then we start the MOS portion. So. When I went through, it was, it was the new. They started something different. It, it was phase one, phase two, phase three years ago. It was like your SUT, small mm-hmm. unit tactics, yep. raids, ambushes, all that. Then you went to your MOS portion, and then you went to your uh, the final. Um, the, what is it? Uh, I feel stupid now. The, the Robin Sage. Yeah, yeah, event. yeah, yeah. It's okay. I have a stupid question. Because everybody's going through that together. Yeah, yeah. Right? What's mm-hmm. uh, what does MOS stand for? Uh, military occupational specialty. So that's your job. Like so. The engineer guy or the weapons guy, or the medic and all that. Okay. Uh, so so the medics would do their stuff at that time was at Fort Sam Houston, Texas, right? So they would launch out there and their stuff's like a year and a half. So you wouldn't so if I if you and I were to go in together and I went through as an echo and you went through as a a, a medic, I would you would you and I wouldn't graduate together. You would graduate with the next class because right. you're down there doing that and then by the time you finish that and cut and rotate back around. Um, I had already finished. Right. Um, you you weren't a, a eighteen delta, but but uh, tell us what they had to go through to graduate. Uh, you know, I, I wouldn't even do it again. Given his service, like they would, they're like almost like a PA, I guess. You know, I mean, they a lot of them do, become PAs. Yeah, a lot of them do become yeah. PAs. Yeah, but there's still a lot more they need to learn. You know, to become a PA, but yeah. uh, they do. You know, surgery stuff. You know, like not. I mean, battlefield. You know, recovery. Yeah, like uh, combat casualty care, and then they got veterinary stuff, and then all the narcotics, and it's just a lot of stuff. I, I couldn't even start to remember. So uh, then we started the MOS portion of it, and you, mm-hmm. and then of course that you know you have tests and you have 
learn all the different radios from the U.S. to the like whatever country. They, they had all kinds of crazy so, Soviet shit. Soviet block stuff. Soviet yeah. block stuff. Chinese stuff. You'd have, you know, whatever, whoever's using what. You know, you had to learn all that stuff. So then once that was over with, and then like, so in that portion, you had to go back to do Morse code for like a month, right? Because you did the Morse code, the right. AMIC, Advanced International Morse Code. But then the MOS portion had you do a different, you had to have like a 15-15 receive and send speed, right? Like right. AMIC, you had to do a 13-13. Words per minute? Word per, yeah, yeah. Uh, it would be groups per minute because so this is the way they did it. So you'd have a bunch of groups of, of letters. Mm-hmm. So you had to have like 13 or whatever. Because it's, all, it's it. all letter based. Yeah. You're not doing words. Yeah. Right, right. And uh, so, so then you had to have, I think it was 13, 13. I, I graduated AMIC with an 18, 18. Mm. But that screwed me because when you did the phase two, it was a 15, 15. So if you're fast and then you start to listen to something slower, it, it, it just mess, it completely messes you up. Yeah. Yeah. So you did not have to like slow it down a little bit, slow it down a little bit. Oh, so you had to match 15, 15. You couldn't just go at your own speed. No. So, yeah. So, yeah. So once, like I said earlier, you get that rhythm. Right. Mm-hmm. Once you get that rhythm, then you then it's always you know. The, yeah, because to someone that doesn't know it, it just sounds like uh, an endless stream. Exactly. You know. Exactly. You don't know where the boundaries are right. between the, the letters. The faster you go, it just seems like you're just whatever. But you can tell, like you know how long your your dials are, your 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 spaces in between characters, and you know, or, or spaces in between groups of letters. Mm-hmm. So then I had to dumb it down some, and I finally, luckily, I passed that. Uh, and then you went out to Camp McCall for the Robin Sage, where all the different MOSs come together, and it's a simulated, you know, country. Uh huh. Talk about that a little bit. Oh, well. <laughs> this dude over here—he's running the show. Yeah, he all is. Right, Look at him. <laughs> so then, like, yeah, your MOSs come there, and you're simulating each. You have two MOS, two of each MOS on the team, and then you simulate going into a foreign country. And meeting up with uh, an auxiliary force and, and training the auxiliary force uh, in unconventional warfare. That's yeah, that's what SF does. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that lasts probably a month or so. But the way they did ours was you had the MOS4 portion up front, and then you went out to Camp McCall for 13, 14 weeks straight. So that's when you did the combination of your small unit tags or your raids, your ambushes, your whatever, all that stuff, walking through the woods endlessly at day and night. Um, and then you had uh, land nav, so you had to go back to do land nav. But this was not on the roads; you had to go off the road. You, you couldn't use roads, intersections, any of that stuff. It was star land nav, star exam. Yeah. yeah. So you again, day and night, each day was further and further and further. And then the final one was about eleven hours. You had eleven hours to finish it, and it was long. I remember. Uh, I think I told Tyler this. Yeah, this this place called Bones Fort Creek, you know, that runs up through that training area. And it's just like, it's a draw. With, it's a creek with a draw with all this wait-a-minute vines and all that crap. It's just, it's terrible. It's kind of swampy, too. Yeah. Right? I remember finding a, a place to cross. And uh, I remember one time, I'm like, all right, I can't jump this with this rucksack. Because you got your backpack and all that crap mm. on so I'm just going to throw my stuff on the other side. Right here's a clearing. So I grabbed my ruck. I threw it on off. And so I didn't see the branch that it caught. It caught the rucksack and went right back into the creek and started going down the creek. <laughs> so I had to jump in the creek. Oh, it you sucks. You know, get it, yeah. So uh, and then there's that. And then the final or the uh, that that 
one, so I didn't pass my, my land nav the first time. So I, I got to a point, one of my, like, second to last point. And, and it was raining, so the instructor's under his poncho. You know, he's dry, wet, and cold. And he gives me a point, I plot it, right? And then you have to take it back to him and say, hey, he says, okay, you got it. This is where you're supposed to be. He double checks it and says, what's your route? So I have to plot a route. I'm going this way. I'm going to hit this draw, going over top of the uh, ridge right there and hit the high ground. I'm going to stay on the high ground for a thousand meters or whatever. Then I'm going to go down to this intersection, hit this attack point and go in, right? That's, that's how I'm going to do it. He says, okay, you only got to cross one more uh, draw. So it should take me two hours, right? Boom, off I go. I get to this big intersection and I drop my rucksack and I start stretching out because I've got an hour, right? And my, my point is 200 meters in from here. So you get to attack point, a place where you know you can, that's identifiable on the map. Mm-hmm. And then you go from there, right? Mm. Instead of coming in from some other direction. Because you'd have to find stakes that are like six inches off the ground at nighttime. Mm-hmm. And how the fuck are you supposed to find that, Jeff? You know what I mean? Right. And so I get, and I walk right up to this point, And there's people that had finished, right? And they're all like chilling with their shoes off and everything. Everybody's smoking and joking. The instructor says, hey, man, you're not supposed to be here. You're supposed to be four kilometers north, right? I'm like, no, the instructor said I'm supposed to be here. Here's my map, right? So they, they said, if you're given a wrong no, if you show up somewhere and you have that grid coordinate as your place to be, they'll accept it, right? So I said, here's my map and here's my grid coordinates. Well, the rain washed off all my no. grid coordinates. And I'm like... Damn. <laughs> How much time did you have left? I had an hour. Well, probably 45 minutes by that point, you know. And I had to go four kilometers. So I just threw my ruck on. I started running. And I, I probably went two kilometers. And I had 20 minutes left. And I wasn't going to make it. So I just stopped on the side of the road. Mm. Truck came down, picked me up. So anyway, long story short, I had to retest it. And I, and I, I did it, no problem. And I finished with probably three hours ahead of time. So I was that guy that got there first and put up my poncho and yep. ate and laid up under the poncho. Felt good, didn't it? It Fe- did. Felt it better did. than it, the it guy. Did. It didn't the first time. Let me yeah. tell you. Oh my gosh. Shit. Dang. So how long were you active between the 101st and... Mm, about six years. Okay. Yeah, just under six. Did you deploy to a combat zone in those Not, six? Mm, no, because that was 87 to 93. Like peak of the Cold yeah. War. And uh, so I got out in January of 93 <clears throat> And I went into... Uh, you didn't go to Desert Storm? No, I was in a Q course during Desert Storm. Oh, so my brother it. went to Desert Storm. And then Vaughn, remember Vaughn? Yep. Yeah, he went. And then my cousin I had, they were all in the 82nd. Is every male born in your family or your friends all, all join the military? Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, nice. Well, no, I just had some guys that, you know, went to school with that didn't, it, you know, went out of college and did other things. Uh, but, yeah, my family, cousin... Good friend Mills, uh, his brother Kevin. Yep. Um, Kevin and I were in the engineer unit. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I did six and came out in '93. Um, joined the the reserves because it was 11th group at the time, and I thought to myself, ah, you know, it, you know, National Guard reserves had a bad stigma back then. You know, it was because it was a completely different ball game. Right. Then. And I said, I don't know if I want to waste my time with it but then again I was only in for I had only been to third so I went to third special forces group uh, in 91 from 91 to 93 and uh, we deployed to 
the southwestern part of the, the I think it was Texas. Uh, no, Donna Anna, New Mexico, I think is what it was. So you did like, you, you did the border stuff for mm. illegal stuff back right. then. But it was that, gosh, that was, I forget whatever they called it back then. And you weren't, you weren't engaging anybody, I mean, nothing like that. Right. You know, you just said, hey, there's some guys over there. So you lived in the desert for, I think we were out there for three months. And uh, we did that, and then I came back and then deployed to Antigua to do some uh, water training, water jumps, parachute jumps, and all. I forgot. I went to airborne school during that time, you right. know, obviously. Um, and then I got, oh, then we did some JRTC rotation. Mm. Uh, and then I got out and came to 11th group and then went to VCU for, I don't know, a year maybe, a summer or like a semester in a summer. And you could speak Arabic back then. Yeah. Oh yeah. I forgot about language school. You'd end up having some uh, conversations in downtown Richmond in Arabic, right? Uh, later, many years later. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so they send you to a language. They, again, you take a test. Right. So I don't know how the hell I said, oh, man. you're going to learn Arabic. And I'm like, what was Arabic? Right. You know, from Ashland. You're, you're with like, right I don't even no, know what it is. Nobody spoke in Arabic in Ashland. Yeah. yeah you're like, <laughs> I don't know what that is. And uh, so that was probably four months. And that's eight hours a day, five days a week. And again, that's another fire hose you're having to learn. From. Yeah, and it's not ba- it's not a romance language. Right. It's not no. based on Latin. It's based I, on something entirely yeah. different. And it was just it was like a hog and a wristwatch. Man, I was just. Just terrible. <laughs> it was ugly, man. And even the instructors are looking at me like, dude, really? <laughs> you know? So at some point towards the end, I got it. And I got enough to where I passed the test, you know. Uh, and then I went to a team that everybody spoke French. So, like, go figure, uh, you know. Why, why is there a team that speaks French? Because they had uh, Sub-Saharan Africa was where okay. it was, All you right. know. That makes sense. And, uh, was a third group? Mm-hmm. And like when you get to the groups, just because you speak a language, they're like, eh, I need your MOS over here. Right. I need you in this battalion. I need you in this company right here. So whatever. And not everybody needs to speak French. No. Yeah. No. So, uh, yeah, then I get out, go to VCU for a semester and then a summer. Ran out of money because, remember, I wasn't smart and I didn't qualify for the college fund. Like, right. oh, dude, I was only getting, like, $300 a month. You were going through hell. And, yeah, yeah, working two part-time jobs oh, at UPS, bar- bartender, you know, and going to school and doing the National Guard thing. And you, knew, you knew how to grind that. You could grind it out, yeah, yeah. 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 And uh, so then I get hired by a local law enforcement company, okay. an agency here in Richmond, so... Uh, and that's kind of where I started there, and I stayed in the guard. But that's uh, we'll have another episode okay. where we talk about your time as a local law enforcement right. officer. So you have so, to, you have deployed to a couple. Of so yeah, times. yeah. So uh, so we go. Um, so staying on the National Guard or the Reserve thing. The Reserves in '95 switched over. I think is what it was. All combat arms. Yeah, it was all guard, guard. Or, or regular army. Right, yeah. right. And then if you're in a support MOS or whatever, you were in the Reserves, and if you were in a combat. MOS, combat-ish MOS, you were in the National Guard. Right. I think that's kind of how they did it. It's still like that, I think. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so I stayed uh, in, up in Virginia, here in Virginia for a while, until like 95-ish. No, no until uh, 2004. Then we went down North Carolina. So I, uh, in that time, you we went to different places. So 9-11 changed the landscape of everything. Um, 
And what's that? I'm sorry. No. <laughs> I can't see. I'm just messing around. No. <laughs> so then it was uh, Afghanistan, uh, Iraq. Then it was a Suriname trip. And then it was Africa three or four times. And then, you know, many countries in uh, South and Central America after that. So it's, it's been quite a few, quite a few deployments. Now your, your mobilizations are your Afghanistan, your Iraq, and Suriname and Honduras and all that. Those were like anywhere from eight months to a year gone. And the other ones were usually a month long in duration. So it's, yeah. So from 1990 to, to now, 30 years, you've been in that entire time plus, what, three years, four years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you've been in 34-ish, 33, uh, 34. In, yeah, about 33 now. August 4th was my uh, 33, 33rd year, I think. So 33 years out of those 33 years, how, how many years were you out of the country-ish? Oh, if, oh, I don't know. One, two, three, four. If you had to add it all up. One, two, three, four. Six, maybe. Okay. And not, I mean, there are folks that have a hell of a lot more deployments than I do, you know. Uh, and some of those, like when Iraq was going on, you'd have cats that were there for a year and a half. Yeah. But then they would mm-hmm. get just that one run. You right. Know? Uh, but the active duty units would just rotate. So it was really tough on those guys too. Were you uh, when you were in Iraq and Afghanistan? Were you doing more of a local training sort of thing? Or no, you... we were running combat ops then. Yeah, we, we would train our our partner forces to go in to do the combat operations with us too. Right. So there there was a training aspect because they had to. We had to make sure they, you know, they were doing the right thing and. and uh, and you wanted to partner with them because eventually yeah, you, yeah, you were yeah, turning yeah. it over to them. Exactly, yeah. Right. You'd partner with them because you had to have their face on it. Uh, and then they're, they're basically, we're just advising at this point, you know. Um, they run in, they do all their business, and uh, and it was on them, you know. Uh, but we would always get into con. Like, Iraq was off the chain. It was... Can you talk about one of your Harrier missions? Uh, it, you know, I... I we hit a couple IEDs, you know, uh, on the truck I was in. I mean, it, it did its job. It protected it. Was protected it IED? Where yeah. Everything was up. It wasn't one of those copper. No, like uh, I forget what they call those. I, I feel stupid now. I, uh, I can't EFP, remember. I think. Yeah, explosively formed projectile. Form projectile. Yeah. yeah. No, this was just a um, you know, one five five shell or something like that. It, in, it, in it's road. an attention getter. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it. Like we were somehow we were doing some clearing or whatever. We were behind a tank, and the tank goes by, and then there a little old Humvee, armored Humvee, comes by, and it just boom. I remember sitting in the right rear seat like a dog. You know, how dogs look out of like out the dog. <laughs> You're just looking at the window, like the yeah. sidewalk go by, you know. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, it just got black, and then and, but you had your your Peltor hearing protection on, so it, so it just muffled everything, right? That that and. I remember the whole thing just lifted up, and I remember like this big shock wave, even coming inside the vehicle, mm. you know, because we had a gunner on the turret. Um, he got knocked out completely, just unconscious. Well, I'm sure. He falls yeah. down into the turret, you know. Uh, so we end up trying to pull him out, or pull him down, and then another dude gets up in the gun turret, right? But he he wakes up and just uh, he he's okay. He's just kind of dazzled, just like everybody else is, and. Uh, it, the truck did its thing. I think it may have blown the tire out, and there's a lot of damage to the front. But as far as the, the armor, it, it didn't mess us up a lot. But 
like it shook you know, like my back hurts now and everybody else has got some type of a you know the, the shock wave coming in and uh a lot of motrin that night yeah. you know some oxygen we took a lot of oxygen so that that's that's one and then i think i got struck again going some route to a uh to the base but that was that wasn't anything it just shattered the window that i was in i was in the driver the front passenger tc position right and it just it hit the it, it blew up and it hit the uh the, the window I'm I'm at, so I'm just driving. I hear a boom and just, just and both shot. of those were in Iraq. Yeah, yeah, both yeah. of those. So Afghanistan wasn't like that was no two. They had just finished the Tora Bora. They just they finished, just finished chasing us. Cha- yeah, yeah, like they and then it really wasn't a whole lot. Um, there were, you know, they set up some rockets to hit us where we were, and then in one location, and then uh, I don't I don't think. I think they blew up on the mountain. Like they set them up there, and yeah. they just blew up locally, and they didn't never fire it out because you go up there and you can see where they laid them on the rocks, trying to aim them at the. And I remember I was telling Tyler, I said, uh, I remember going up this mountain, and uh, or this. Well, I guess it would be a hill because you're already in the mountains, right? And I'm just you had all this crap on your body armor and your helmet and all that, you know, and you're just sucking wind. It's like because the, the altitude's, the altitude's crazy, crazy yeah. you know. And I hear, tick, 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 tick. And I'm like, shit, what, what the hell is that, right? And then this like young kid just runs up with some flip flops, right up past me, just runs right up the mountain. <laughs> I'm like, this dude just ran right past me, and he's like single digits, and I'm a grown ass man, <laughs> right? Just sucking wind. Of course, he's, he lives there. He lives there. Yeah, yeah. He was probably going to the house or something like that, man. And I was praying that someone would start shooting so we could just lay down in the prone or something, you know, right. just so I could rest. <laughs> I'll shoot him in a minute. Just like, yeah, I, I think a lot of people had that yeah, experience. Yeah, it was, it was ugly, man. And, uh, but Iraq wasn't, it, that, was, uh, that was crazy. What year were you over there? Mm, oh, 607. Okay, yeah. Because he was born in, in six, six. Yeah. yeah. Were you, were you kind of, uh, were the Green Berets sort of in their own? Wait, you were you were active National Guard this time. So yeah, you, so I was in that guard, and then we got activated. So then, but we we had our own battle space, is what they call it. Okay. You know, like so we don't we don't own the battle space. So we work for the battle space commander, right? Like, uh, and we would they would tell us, hey, we you need you to do A B C and D, or can you do A B C and D? Mm. So we lived our detachment lived with the Iraqis, because uh, that's what y'all do. That's what we do. Yeah. yeah. So there was a. There was a, a U.S. A small U.S. outpost base kind of thing. Kind of fob. Know. A fob, exactly. What's a fob? It's a Ford, Ford operating, operating base. It's got a fourteen-year-old. So, yeah, yeah, right, <laughs> dude. I think he was there. And uh, so, but that one, the one we were at, was in a, a, a city called Bakuba, and Bakuba, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and half of it was Iraqi, and half of it was U.S. But the U.S. side, it was only, it wasn't, but. It, Less than a hundred, you know. Um, but we lived with the Iraqis on the Iraqi side, and then we would come and go as we please. And then we, you know, whenever we had, we, so we would develop stuff ourselves, you know. And then we'd also get missions coming down to us. Hey, I need you to go to this place this time. Mm. Like you do your own thing until the uh, yeah, until they said, hey, we need you to do this, or can the, you do go the, do com- that? the battle commander? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, when you said like doing their thing, is is it like a hallmark of the Green Berets to try to in, in, integrate with? The natives, in yeah, a certain area. yeah, you, yeah, the by with and through, you know, this it's you, you want to 
you know, garner the, the support of the, of the local populace, you know, and, and then... Because uh, without it, it's a lot harder. Yeah, it mm-hmm. is. But then, you know, you have your Iraqis that you're working with, too. And, right. And then they know... I mean, that's their city. Right. Right. You know, they know certain personality. But this is like 200,000 people. So that's a lot of people they're supposed to know. But like, so some of them are, are familiar with certain neighborhoods. And there mm. were certain neighborhoods that you didn't go in. You, just, you didn't drive your, your gun truck through there because there were IEDs everywhere. There were people going to shoot you, you know. Um, most of the time, we, we would always, we would get into contact a lot just driving to and from a place. Right. So, mm. um, and then a lot of times, you know, Iraqis... You know they'll go in and do their thing, and we're always with them, and and uh, and it's, it lasts hours and hours, and everything's usually at night, and then most of the contacts are during the day or stuff like that. So. Mm. All right, do you want to ask our standard question, Daniel? <sighs> Not really. I mean, <laughs> I don't think we we need to. No, no, we have to ask it. We already know the answer. Like I, I'm more sure of this answer than. Don't okay. let me fool you now. <laughs> no, no, okay. I, 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 I'm pretty sure I know the, what you're going to say. All right. Should we say 25 or 18 fresh out of high school? Doesn't matter. All right. Let's go with 18 because that's more of your story. Uh-huh. No, 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 no. 25. Let's go with 25. Okay, 25. Yeah, yeah I like that. It's like a you, reset. You didn't join the military right away. You, did, you, you worked three jobs at a time for seven years, and you're like, I can't do this anymore. I got to do something different. So this is a This is a hypothetical. All right. Yeah, you, you're basically you got a blank slate at the age of 25. No kids, no responsibilities, yeah, no mortgage, nothing like that. And you can either uh, take a stab at, at becoming a stand-up comedian, go, <laughs> so going to open mics, just going for it, or you could go and join the military. <sighs> this is our standard question, right? So I would have to do the military because I don't like. I like to think I'm funny, but come on, man. Let's get you real. Actually, You're right. No, I mean, it's not good enough to make a living off. Right, right, exactly. I would starve. I mean, I, th- I think that your storytelling has been really good. Um, <laughs> at le- you know. But he's, he's just, also afraid of you because no, think, why he didn't that? Come on, man. No, you're you're green. No, I know you. He shouldn't be afraid yeah, of you. Yeah. But the stories you just a told, humble I think, dude around. No, of course. But I think he's still a little afraid of you. I, I, I mean, it's a it's a healthy fear. But um, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's it's been really cool. And I mean, we just listened to you talk for I don't know over an hour about about the military, and so. that's just in a nutshell. I mean, you know. I mean, yeah, I mean, you can't thirty three years. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, a it's, of, it's a lot of doing. All right, so uh, I ran into you uh, 20 plus years ago that when you were at VCU, rapping with some guys who you knew were from the Middle East. Yeah. And you were fairly proficient speaking Arabic at the time. At that time, yeah. 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 So uh, was there something behind that story? I don't know why I remember that story. So I think this was in, it was around 2001, wasn't it? Yeah, sounds about right. So Saudi sent some police officers. Saudi Arabia sends the police officers here. Uh, so I was kind of like the liaison. Uh, and, would, would, and so they taught me more. Right. So I had, the, I had the, like, Egyptian dialect when I was in the service, right? And they didn't, like I think I said earlier, they, they never taught us to read and write. So I taught myself to read and write. Mm. So I, I got the alphabet. I learned how to put the word, the letters, the characters, I guess, together. And, you know, it's right to left and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and once I figured out how to write it, it, to learn it became a lot more easier. So why why wouldn't the military just, it, teach it that way? Because it, at the time that the that's not how they they taught it. You know, I, I don't know. They just said, "Hey, here's your. We're going to write the words in English or the letters in English or whatever words in English." 
but it, this is what it sounds like. Mm. So we're going to kind of make it look, instead of teaching you, because you only had four months to do it. And it, oral mattered. Like when you yeah. were in the moment, oral mattered. Right. Writing stuff down didn't matter. So if you went to the Defense Language Institute out in Monterey, California. It's a great place to go. six months to a year. Six, I guess. I don't know what it is now. So then they would teach you to read and write. They didn't do that in four months because SF had their own language. Right. And they still do. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and you can, some, some books, like I know I went to a bookstore and I picked up this Arabic book and it was, he had the Arabic script Mm -hmm. with the word and stuff, the little dictionary. And then you also had it written out in English to you kind of phonetically, you know? Yeah. Um, so they came down, the cats from Saudi Arabia. And then, and then, so I was kind of like a liaison with those guys. And so they were teaching me more Arabic. And I was just basically writing down, hey, what's this word mean? What's this? How do you say this? How and you were eating it? it up. I was just eating it up, yeah. yeah. Was, um, good. Wasn't there a guy who used to live in our old neighborhood? He was kind of a Middle Eastern guy. You'd always go up there and talk Arabic with him. Our old neighborhood? Which one? Back in, um, the one where you spent before. Uh, uh, the story, I, while your dad's thinking about that, the story I was thinking about at VCU, you, you just walked up to a couple of guys that... Look like they're from the Middle East, and you started speaking Arabic to them. Oh yeah, it shocked the shit. Yeah, out. yeah. <laughs> so I would like go to some of the stores, right? No corner now. Stores. Yeah, and because a lot of them are owned uh, Yemeni or Jordanian owned, you know. Right. And you go in there and you start talking. And look, man, I'm I just butcher the shit out of it most of the time, you know. But they see it as like, hey, it's a, it's a he, sign of respect. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. And and uh, and they're like, this guy's. He didn't just say what I thought he said. And of course, I probably effed it up, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. So then I'd kind of start building that rapport, you know. So then, uh, then I'd come in, oh, hey, hey, Steve, hey, hey, come on in. And then they would start teaching me. So I had this one store I went to, and they were Jordanian-owned. Man, and they would come in, and they would give me lessons. Mm. Wow. Like 20 minutes at a pop. Dude had like an easel out. One of them was a, like a Jordanian yeah, he loved it. military he loved guy. It. Yeah, I'm sure like, he loved it. Yeah, here's how you write it. And I don't so always have this notebook with me, and I'm writing it down. You know, this is while you were at VCU or while you were a law enforcement officer. In law enforcement, yeah. Oh man, that's awesome. That's so cool. Mm-hmm. And the Jordanian dialect, I think, is pretty similar to the modern the, standard. Or, well, well eh. the Egyptian one. I was going to yeah, say, yeah, yeah. So. I like the Jordanian dialect. I can like if I have two people that are talking. If I have an Iraqi talking to me, if I have a Jordanian, I can understand the Jordanian a little bit better mm. than I can Iraqi. So the Iraqi dialect's completely different too. Yeah, they have like ch mm-hmm. the sound in there, um, and like Jordanian doesn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, t- I took a class on the. It's called the Levantine, I think. Levantine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the Jordan Palestine kind of dialect. Uh, I really enjoyed it too. I think it's a. Can you two have a conversation right now in Arabic? No, I wouldn't know what to say. <laughs> Not really. It would, it would be the ugly. He's like, what are those two dogs barking at? <laughs> it wouldn't be entertaining, <laughs> right? I, I only know Shukran. Yeah, but mm. it is true that if you you know if you if you hear someone speak in Arabic or you think they might and you go for it and you say like "Salam alaikum" or something, mm. they love it even if you yeah. butcher stuff mm. because it's uh, they know you're trying. Yeah, exactly. It's like, it's like a yeah. piece of home. Uh, I think for some of them, so that's cool that you do that. Very that's cool. Try to. So we're going to bring you back okay. maybe in a few months after some things have settled down in this country. Right, right. Uh, how long have we been going? November fourth. A so buck fifty. A buck. A buck thirty. Buck thirty. It's uh, perfect. Yeah. It's perfect, perfect, man. Yeah. Awesome, Steve. It's been, it's awesome. been great having you. Well, here, I man. appreciate you having me, man. I'm I, glad we ran into each other I, at the Home Depot. At the, not quite a, a right, sponsor Depot. yet. We, yeah. Well, not quite, but that might be worth ten bucks. On. Right, right, right. A discount. <laughs> I get ten percent off of that right. next purchase. Right. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Awesome. Babe. All from a, some knucklehead from Ashland. 
<laughs> right, right, right. Come on, man. Right. Yeah. yeah. Hey, you did good. Yeah, <laughs> did great. Yeah. Thanks, man. You're very welcome. Thank you. If you enjoyed this episode, feel free to subscribe through whichever app you're using. To share your thoughts, head over to our website at podso1.io, and there you can comment on episodes or send us feedback directly. Thanks for listening.